Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. College football semifinals kick off Saturday, New Year's Eve. First, Michigan TCU. Joining us now, Joe DeLeon, college football and NFL draft analyst, co-host of the Rafino and Joe Show. Joe, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm excited that after this this long wait of having some some sloppy bowl games, we finally get the uh, yeah. the, the college football playoff coming up. I'm I'm super excited. You Joe, if both. you was a gambler and you take the underdog, all these backdoor covers, what? Other than Texas Tech last night, <laughs> man, I'm like, what the hell's going on? You see Arkansas, man, they were blitzing them last night. All of a sudden, man, and I got to give Kansas a lot of credit. They managed to fight back the way they did, and but so many of these backdoor covers. Your thoughts? Um, I'm going to throw you Ohio State, Georgia first, because I think Ohio State plays this game close. I don't think they win it, but I think they give Georgia a real tough battle. I think they give the Bulldogs all they want, and uh, I think they can match in the trenches pretty well against Georgia. Um, can C.J. Stroud make those plays in the passing game? Because I do think if you can protect, you can get some hits downfield on that Georgia secondary. Yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think that this game has a lot of potential to be to be close. But the way that I see it, you're talking about those backdoor covers. I, I think Ohio State's built to be a backdoor cover in yes. this game. And I'm, I'm really worried about how Ohio State is going to match up with Georgia's defensive line. We saw that offensive line group, which is talented, really struggle against Michigan. And Georgia has the best defensive line, best front seven in the country. Jalen Carter's a monster. Even though they lost Nolan Smith to a season-ending injury, they have so many dominant, talented guys. And they have the reserves of four- and five-star guys to just slot in when they need to get a breather in for different players. So, like, that's going to really help them get after C.J. Stroud, get in his face. And as we've seen with C.J. Stroud this season, he doesn't do very well when he's asked to make decisions and when he's got pressure in his face. Even though he's considered to be a really top big-name draft prospect in the upcoming class, I worry about his decision-making when the pocket is collapsing. So in this game, if, if Georgia, the way that they've done all season long, control the tempo, control the time of possession, Ohio State might be down by a couple of scores and then just get a couple late garbage-time touchdowns to make this game look a little closer than it actually was. Joe, shifting gears, Michigan-TCU. It's no secret what Michigan's going to try to do, their game plan. Run the ball, run the ball, eat up the clock, control the clock. They're a second-half team. They like to get into the running game. 
but also get a couple big plays through the air. That's the game plan for them against the Horned Frogs. Small ball. Small ball football. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what they did against uh, against Ohio State and in all their important games, which is just grind out the clock and, and lean on Donovan Edwards. What TCU needs to do, and it's kind of the same approach that they had against Texas, I assume, that they're going to come into this game with, which was daring uh, not Bijan to kill him, but Quinn Ewers to be the yeah. one that has to beat them. And they completely took Bijan Robinson out of the game. And he had one of his worst performances all season long. So I think they're going to try and neutralize Donovan Edwards, who's had a couple really good, amazing games over the past few games that he's played in. Um, but if they can force J.J. McCarthy to be the guy and put the game on his back, like he did against Ohio State, that's what the approach is going to be. But if J.J. plays the same way he did against Ohio State, it could be a, a long day for the Horn Frogs. TCU wants to turn this game into a track meet. You know, they're only behind Tennessee in – 17 plays of 50 yards or more. Yeah, they, they have one of the most explosive offenses in the country, and I look at how they're built with Kendra Miller at running back, who's a fantastic athlete, and Quentin, Quentin Johnson is just a, a physical freak. Yeah, They've got so is. many speedy receivers. They can take uh, any defense deep over the top, but I completely agree. They can't play down to Michigan style, which is slow, grind it out they need to score quick they need to score with as many splash plays as possible like we've seen them do all season long I think they need Michigan to help them in essence they got to get some turnovers uh for them to win this game or even to keep it close because of the two games I think this may be the blowout game uh because man once Michigan starts to, to road grade you you're in trouble uh if you TCU you're in big trouble uh, trying to match them point for point when they can sick that big offensive line and defensive line after you. TCU is not built that way. Uh, Sonny, none of Sonny's teams have ever been built that way. Uh, it's remarkable they've gotten this far, and I give you know Sonny and Max and all a lot of credit for, for where they're at. But, um, man, when you're going up against these big guys, good luck to you, buddy. In the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you on, on that. Out of the three teams remaining, they, they have the, the smallest offensive and defensive lines and probably the least physical out of all those groups. It is really a really tough matchup for them because of that reason. And I always point to in any football game, most games are won at the line of scrimmage. And exactly to your point, it's, it's going to be a really long day if they can't get some early stops and, and try to be the ones who control the momentum. If Michigan just starts to roll and roll and build momentum, they're not like you're talking about. They're not built and structured uh, to close out a game late in the game and get those stops when they need them because of that size difference and that physicality difference that we've seen them struggle with in a, in a number of games this year. Intriguing game, Tennessee Clemson. And if man, my boy Hinden Hooker was playing. <laughs> I'd feel totally different about it because I, cause I think Clemson's vulnerable against a guy like that. But I do, I do know Joe Milton, and I've seen him, and he's erratic. <laughs> uh, he may throw a couple really nice throws, and then, then he's off. Uh, this is an interesting game for me uh, because Tennessee also has a couple other guys that have opted out uh, of this game. Uh, of Clemson with a brand-new quarterback now, uh, a young quarterback, uh, up against Tennessee, and th- there's a lot of intrigue just about this. You know what's a great thing about Hooker? Here was a guy, he's in Los Angeles to have knee surgery. He's on Zoom calls with the UT 
quarterbacks and offensive coaches. Then he gets surgery. He's in South Florida right now with the team to try to help him. Man, listen, if there's a GM listening, and you may not be watching football on Saturday. you got other things to do. Or somebody, director of player personnel. Man, just look at that. What Hendon Hooker is doing for his team. He don't need to do it. That shows you what a leader he is out on that football field. But I trust him. Joe Milton, uh, that's a different story. I've watched him play too much. He's all over the board throwing the football. Yeah, I'm a really big fan of Hendon Hooker in this upcoming draft. He he showed a lot of progression and improvement on some of his weaker areas, and it just it stinks that his season ended with a serious knee injury the way that it did. And I, I totally agree with you. I mean, his character is there. He's a great kid. He's a true leader. And uh, some team is going to scoop him up and somewhere on day two, maybe end of the third round because he's hurt, and he could turn into a really good long-term starter. But to your point on Joe Milton, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a great athlete. He's just so inconsistent, which <laughs> yeah. makes it so frustrating to watch. And you talk about those opt-outs. I kind of lean Clemson because of those opt-outs. Me, I, I feel the same way, Joe. I feel the same way. Right. They're not losing that many guys in this game. And Klubnik is spark plug right now, giving them a ton of juice. They, they've got all this energy behind uh, Kate Klubnik, who looks really, really good. He looks like the real deal as a, as a true freshman quarterback. So I'm leaning them just because of that, what we saw they were able to do in the ACC championship game against a good North Carolina team, a, a team that, we all anticipated to put up a really strong fight and looked like that they were coming out swinging at the start of that game and it eventually turned into a blowout. But, yeah, I'm on the same page as you. I think Clemson, for those reasons, the opt-outs, Klubnik looking really good. I'm, I'm leaning them in this game. The, the situation with Kayshawn Butte, um, this isn't a, a real shocker to me. Uh, you know, and, and I think at best he's a third-round pick. At best. He's not going in the first two rounds. Uh, at best – round three, but I think he knows that. I think he's been well told where he's going to end up in his draft, but, you know, he's got a child, everything else with a family, and, you know, I think he feels maybe that's what I got to do at this stage, and things didn't really connect with him, uh, LSU offensively uh, this past season, so uh, I don't know how huge of a loss this is for LSU when they go up against Purdue, considering Purdue's starting quarterback, their top receiver, their top tight end, their best safety, all gone from the team. Uh, I think Brian will do a pretty good job. Brian Thomas will do a pretty good job uh, taking uh, those moccasins from Kayshawn Booty. Yeah, it's it's a very complicated situation with Kayshawn, and I'm still trying to figure out what it, what exactly is going down. And there's there's always a, there's a possibility of murmurs of, of character issues being the reason why uh, he made that decision to, to jump. But separate from that, he's a really good player. He's a really talented receiver. And at the beginning of the season when I evaluated him, I had the expectation and the, the understanding that he was somebody who could be a late first-round pick, early second-round pick if he took a step forward and he progressed. And he might have taken a step backward this year, which has been super frustrating to see because you know he has that potential to be a really high-level pro receiver like so many of these LSU guys have been able to be in the past. And I, I think with those potential character concerns that might be popping up as, as well as the, you know, the lack of performance in an offense that was really pretty strong this year, and Jim Daniels was a pretty good quarterback this year for LSU, 
uh, I agree, somewhere third round, maybe fourth round, yeah. based on what what happens for him during the uh, during the draft process. My thing is a lot of say, oh well, you know he he didn't connect with Jaden Daniels. The, the problem is that quarterback. My thing is how come that problem wasn't there with Malik Neighbors? Right, right. There, well, there why wasn't it there? Yeah, yeah, there's a total disconnect here uh, with with Kayshawn, and uh, I wish him well. Uh, listen, coming, going, I, I would never be critical of him, but he didn't piece together a year that I would think, man, I'm going to get picked in the top two rounds. And I think somebody is giving him some bad information. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, and again, I'm sure that there will be more uh, more of a spotlight on what exactly went down with the, with the randomness of this decision. Um, but I'm, I'm sure there are also people telling him that, like, hey, if you go, you declare, you'll be one of the first receivers selected. <laughs> what does help him, it is a weak receiver class this year. It's not as good as last base. year, for sure. Exactly. It's a much weaker group than we've seen in the past, so he's going to benefit from that. That's the main thing that he's going to benefit from, but some of the other issues that are going to come into play might, might really hinder his, his draft stock. Joe DeLeon, college football and NFL draft analyst, co-host of the Rafino and Joe show. Uh, do you think, Joe, that uh, Jaden Daniels might be in the early Heisman conversation at the start of the next season? I think it's certainly possible. I mean, I remember there was a certain period of time my my co-host Blake was was saying that we should be talking about Jaden Daniels as a as a Heisman Trophy uh, potential winner this year, but he kind of tapered off towards the end of the season. Jaden Daniels is, is supremely talented. I remember when he was, I want to say, a, a, a sophomore, true sophomore at Arizona State, and and people were saying, hey, if this kid takes the next step forward, he could be a first-round pick. I don't think he's really lived up to that, but we know he's a great athlete. We know that he's got a, a really nice arm. I think if he reels in some of the decision-making errors that, that he faces and maybe he gets some better help from his receivers next season, he absolutely can. And it's, it's all going to be on, the, on the, the, the heels of how does LSU perform? Can they take that next step? And this season's been a really promising progression for a first year under Brian Kelly. Um, but I, I do believe that Jaden Daniels has the talent to, to be considered for it. Absolutely. If guys like Bo Nix can be in the conversation, uh, I, I think he, he certainly can be in it as well. Joe, I was going to bring that up. Two reclamation projects. Jaden Daniels leaving Arizona State, coming to LSU. Bo Nix leaving Auburn to go to Oregon. And he's El Stinko in game one against Georgia. <laughs> I mean, he is bad. And then look how well he's played. And then look last night, how well he played in that game. And Bob always is, Mike, give me a comp uh, for Bo Nix. I told him, easy, Kirk Cousins. That's who he sort of reminds me of. He's hot and cold. When he's really hot, he can rip you apart. And then he's got a chance to throw you three or four interceptions in a game. But, man, look at the reclamation projects. Daniels at LSU and Bo Nix at Oregon and what they've done to both programs. Yeah, I think the case with Bo Nix is he landed in the perfect situation with, with Kenny Dillingham being able to, to take back over his development. And I, I think that there was, a, one, a level of familiarity with them, that with, with Kenny Dillingham, that, that really, really helped him. Um, but you just saw him start to gain back that confidence. I, I think that Bo Nix, as a draft prospect in next year's cycle, still has a, a lot to be desired. I think that there's going to be a lot, a lot of guys that are going to go ahead of him, but uh, he's in a situation that he's got a lot of great athletes around him. He's got a really, really good coaching staff, and that team is is being built around him to make a, a college football playoff and a national championship run next season. 
And Jane Daniels fits the same bill, same situation. That seems to be the, the key to success for a lot of teams going forward is hopping in the portal, see which big-name guys you can get, and, and building around them. Yeah, that's why I would compare him to Kurt Cousins. I think he's got a lot of those same sort of attributes that you see the erratic nature with him at times. But when he's on, he's on. But when he's off, woo wee uh, you can't put him in that category of, with, with Caleb and some of the other guys. But, man, mm-hmm. he's a – He's a, he's a tough guy, too. And, and I think the one thing with the NFL, they, they look at that a lot, is, is physical and mental toughness. And I think Bo Nix brings that to the table. Yeah, he certainly does. And he also brings a, a ton of experience, which is fantastic to have as an upperclassman uh, quarterback in, in any draft cycle. Um, and I, I think that if we're just talking purely from the perspective, not from like traits, just from the perspective of where he could get drafted, he could get drafted from the same projection as Kirk Cousins, which was to be a backup yep. for the Washington Redskins at the time. And he ended up exceeding that expectation. But the that up-and-down nature is one big reason why I'm a little bit out on him. The inconsistency is scary. And the last thing that you want is inconsistency with a, with a rookie quarterback or a, or a developmental one. Joe DeLeon, college football and NFL draft analyst, co-host of the Rafino and Joe Show. Thanks so much for the time. Happy New Year. Thank you, Joe. Of course. Thanks for having me, guys. All right, we'll step away and come back. Mike and Christian here on Sports Talk on WWL. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.